Good morning and welcome back to Nach Yomi. We are concentrating on the 18th Perek, or the 18th chapter of Sefer Yehoshua today. This is a Perek which has 28 Psokim. And just to date, just to recap where we are standing, so far the Bnei Israel have successfully spent their time dividing the land between the following tribes. On East Bank Jordan, where the country Jordan stands today, was given to the tribe of, Mena- of Chatzishev Benasheh, Ruvain and Gad. That was sorted out, so that's two and a half tribes. On the West Bank, so far we've seen the portion of Yehuda and Yosef, including the remainder of Menashe and Ephraim. So some total at this point in time is two and a half on one side, two and a half on the other side, which is five tribes. That means there are seven tribes left. So this parak deals with the following. Those remaining seven tribes now return to Moshe and say, well, look, you've conquered the lands. The lands in front of us is conquered. But we need our portion. So Yoshua's response is a little interesting. He says... So when are you going to be lazy? Meaning you're, 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 not, you're weak. You're not conquering the land. You are demanding yourselves. So you suggest, send three representatives from each, each tribe, and we're going to do a division of that land, of where all the rest of these seven tribes are actually going to belong. Yeshua um, points out that Yehuda is going to still have the southern flank. Yosef is going to be the northern or we'll call central flank, a central area, and we're going to divide up the rest of it based on the Goral and the Mephoshim to try to debate how much of the, the lottery was playing a role and how much was it human cognition or de- decision making that was that was working with this in this particular case. And that is in fact what happened. They sent their uh, representatives. And he divided up the remaining land um, into the seven remaining tribes. Um, what we're about to see then is that the rest of this parak really focuses on the division of the land of Binyamin. Binyamin is the next tribe who's getting his portion. And he's wedged directly between Yehuda on the southern flank and Yosef, Menashe and Ephraim in the central area. So, you know, actually Yericho, Jericho is part of Binyamin's territory, sort of that area of the northern Dead Sea area and moving across in a westerly direction, is where Binyamin is to be found, immediately above Yehuda, and of course Binyamin and Yehuda are going to share the section of the, where the, the base of Megdash is. Now, there's a few things to focus on in this Perak, and the, one of them is that almost completely without making fanfare, the Perak actually starts off by this whole episode of this discussion taking place in Shiloh. Because it says that they established the, the, the tent of meeting, the Mishkan, and then this whole discussion ensued. Now, that, that without really focusing on it, that is a really momentous point. That means to say that the Mishkan has been re-established. Where's the Mishkan been up till now? So the Mepharshim quoting Chazal say, well, the Mishkan had been in Gilgal. Gilgal was that, that, that sort of that um, um, city or area which was just outside of Yericho. So when Israel first came into the land, they, they sort of made that as their base camp whenever they did their conquest. So that's where the Mishkan lived. And for the seven years of conquest and seven years of division, that's where it remained until now. And now it was finding its own place in Shiloh. Why did it wait all 14 years? I mean, surely it could have, immediately after conquest had been finished, surely it should have found its place. And so the Mephoshim points out, you know, the Radak says it, it needed to have a specific place, a specific tribe, and therefore, it, based on the Pesukim of the Torah, that it says that it has a unique and specific place. So we needed to divide the land first to give it its unique place. Incidentally, 
The Mishkan that lived in Shiloh, which lived for there for a very long time, looked a little different to the Mishkan that we learn about and love in Pasha's Truman Tetzaveh. Um, in fact, the Mepharshim describe it as the walls were made of stone and the curtains went over the top. So it's much more of a permanent fixture. It's not the base of Megdash yet, but it's on, it's on the spectrum upwards in terms of permanence and, um, and, um, and called gravity. Um, now, as we move a little further into this whole discussion, the whole thing is a little strange. Just, you know, this whole discussion seems to be two different wavelengths. They are coming to Yoshua and saying, well, what about our land? And Yoshua says, well, when are you becoming, when are you, when are you going to stop being lazy and conquer the rest of the land? But like, think about this for a second. Well, what's happening? Meaning, surely Yoshua should have divided the land to all the nine and a half tribes on West Bank in one shot. Like, why do they need a jockey for their position? Well, what's really happening over here? Um, so the, 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 I, I looked through a lot of them before Hashem. The one, the one that I think really tries to get this, really, it hits this nail on the head is, um, quoted in the Malbim, his name is the Mahari Kra. He is actually, he lives among the, the Rishonim. So he is a, he is a Mepharshim Shat. He is a really focused on the actual, the, you know, the explicit meaning in the text. And, um, his name is actually Rav Yosef Karo, not to be mixed up with Rav Yosef Karo of, the Shulchan Aruch later on in the 1500s, he's earlier than him, the Mari Kara says the following. At the beginning, there were only two tribes who were actually willing to conquer their own sections. And they, those were Yehuda and Yosef. They went out and they went and they conquered their own territory and put their flag in the ground and took, took control of that area. The rest of the tribes, the remaining seven tribes, wanted to do this as, as a coalition. So they formed a coalition and they said, well, we need to conquer the rest of the territory. To which Yoshua says, Adonata Misrapim. So, okay, so carry on doing it. As we know, they didn't fully conquer the land of Israel. And the parts they weren't fully conquer, conquered was in the remaining seven tribes area. So Yoshua says to them, well, yes, you, we haven't fully conquered your land. Um, but that's actually the, the ball is in your court. Go ahead and finish the job. So Yoshua has done his job. Hashem's told him, Yoshua, you've grown old. Now Yoshua pushes the responsibility of the continued conquest onto them. And as Rashi points out, what they did, what was this division doing then? This division now was essentially the land that they had conquered in the remaining territory and the land they would conquer in the future. Which means to say that let's say you were one of the other tribes, for argument's sake, Naphtali. That means that Naphtali potentially was getting somewhat of his portion, but not the full thing because there were still Canaanite cities and areas that were under foreign control within his territory waiting for full conquest later um, when B'nai Israel had more power. So this is the kind of this, this, this dimension of, uh, or in this dialectic of responsibility is being pushed backwards and forwards over here in this discussion about where and when the continuation of, this, of the conquest should happen. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day.